It's really about how wonderful you feel you are within that space and loving what you do. You've got to have assembled a number of stories that all I'm doing now is telling a story. So I never even have to say in an interview, I'm good. The story says it. No for me is next opportunity. I think the stores are the next great digital frontier. I'm Richard Gerhardt. And I'm Elizabeth Gerhardt. Welcome to Passage to Profit, the show that's all about entrepreneurs, small businesses, and the intellectual property that helps them flourish. Stay with us. Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Joining us this evening is Chandrella Avery, who's an actress, producer, and has appeared in a lot of really cool movies, including Napoleon Dynamite and, <laughs> <laughs> and The Life of Bees. So. <laughs> and after Chandrella, and I can, I'm telling you, I can hardly wait to do this interview. She is hilarious already. After her, I'm going to give a little update on my startup fireside. And then we're going to talk to Craig DeVizio. So how would you like to find the perfect job? Wouldn't we all? Well, Craig's got the secret. So I, I think the perfect job is passage to profit, but me too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and then can foods made with cauliflower taste good? Yes, they can. So Amy will tell us how she does it. And then Trevor Sumner's here. And I don't even know how to describe this. It is so cool. You have to go to his website to see it, but you will see it in a store and you will say, oh my gosh, I remember when that Trevor guy presented this on Passage to Profit. This is what they were talking about. It's really cool. We're looking forward to all of those things, but before we get to the meat of the program, it's time for IP in the news, one of my favorite segments for sure. Okay, why don't you start? I will do my best. So we all know regular listeners of Passage to Profit who are really IP aficionados <laughs> love the whole concept of inventorship. And, you know, we just get so many cards and letters about inventorship every week. And so this was a recent non-decision by the Supreme Court. I'm sure you all know that you can file to have a case heard by the Supreme Court, but it doesn't always happen, right? And so in this case, uh, the Supreme Court decided not to hear this case. And it was about some inventors at the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute who helped develop the cancer drug. And they were left off the patent by a company called Ono Pharmaceuticals. And of course, Dana-Farber sued Ono Pharmaceuticals to have the uh, inventors placed on the patent. And of course, it worked out in Dana-Farber's favor. And so what happens a lot of times is you get into these inventor disputes because who invents on a patent controls who gets the money, right? So if Dana-Farber's inventors are erroneously uh, omitted, then uh, Dana-Farber doesn't get any money from the drug that Ona Pharmaceuticals is selling. Well, they're lucky that Dana-Farber sued them now because if they ever had to defend that patent in court, it could be invalidated because not all the inventors were on there, right? That's right. Inventorship is really important in the U.S. when it comes to patents. So and you actually helped somebody who was left off a patent. I did. He was a postdoc at Harvard University, and I shall say no more about it than that. Okay. So yeah. Anyway, so, so it got to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said, no, we're not interested in hearing this case. So it stands that the Dana-Farber people get to be on the patent. Right, and so, Dana-Farber gets more money for their research. So, so now on to our wacky patent. Okay. <laughs> and this one actually, I mean, the idea behind this one is Wonderful, but you, it shows. I found this one. I found this one. It yeah. shows a guy kneeling in front of a toilet. 
Not that this, that's ever happened anywhere ever. <laughs> with this tube in his mouth and the tube is going down into the toilet bowl and through the water and coming out the back end and, and into an airspace at the back of the toilet bowl. Yeah, so for those of you who haven't disassembled your toilet lately, <laughs> there is like a little bowl of water there. And then behind the bowl of water, there's a pipe that goes down to the sewer, right? And this right. guy's got a tube that goes under the water and into the isn't sewer. That, isn't that what I just said? <laughs> yes, well, anyway, I, so, I wanted to say it too. So, so anyway, it's if, let's say there's a fire and you're stuck in the bathroom. He said this is really good for hotels. Then you get breathable sewer air. So you you, you have to breathe <laughs> well, sewer a, air, but you don't die. There's a charcoal There's a charcoal filter, filter there. Yes. Somehow this has never caught on. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I would rather die than breathe air out of sewer gas. Well, hopefully we never face that challenge. <laughs> so anyway. I just want so, to know, how did this guy experiment with this? Did he do it himself? I think he made his kids do it. <laughs> but anyway, so you are listening to Passage to Profit, the Inventor's Show on WOR 710, the voice of New York. We'll be right back. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs ideas and brands using patent trademark and copyright protection so if you have a new consumer product a new software application that you're planning to build or sell or a brand or company name that you want to protect contact the experts at gearheart law www.gearheartlaw.com don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business all of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the united states patent and trademark office don't start your project Without calling us first, contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Chandrella Avery, our guest this evening, mentioned that I said the bees instead of the secret life of bees, which was the production that she starred in. So I stand corrected on that. Like I was, I was thinking of Alfred Hitchcock the birds and the bees but you know well, that was very confused so yes. welcome to the show Chandrella you know you were at Second City in Chicago you're a comedian you're an actress you're a producer and one of the questions is are you born with humor is it a skill that people can learn and how has your humor developed over the years well thank you for having me I'm really excited to be here with all of you and to all of your viewers I appreciate you listening I want to say I believe that for me personally I know God God has given me the gift of humor and storytelling. Um, I do come from very funny parents. So oftentimes when you look at your life, you know, we're inherited by things from our families, um, hair, feet, toes, eyes, whatever. And so I do believe that our parents do deposit some of their gifts and talents within us. And so I do have very funny parents, but Ultimately, I arrived at this at a very young age. I was a speech contest uh, winner in my elementary school. So public speaking and I'm six feet. So I, I had a gift of, yes, I know you're looking like six feet. She's a giant. Yes, <laughs> uh, I am. I'm above the average height for a woman and I come from a large family. So for me, funny storytelling was very easy for me. When you're in a large family, you just have to find a way to make sure that everyone shuts 
cuts up and does their homework. And then on top of that, you can cultivate, I'll say for many people, oftentimes people work at it you know there's a little thing in them and then they begin to study different storytellers or other performers and then they learn cadences from different people i just felt that i was enough for what i did and cultivated that within the gift that was put into me and then i fostered it by going to school just in general um you know i'm a theater major ultimately so i wanted to understand the fundamentals and learn the history of theater and really become a thespian as opposed to just you know someone that feels like they can act and so there is a history to that and i tell people all the time when people are like oh my god i just really think i want to do this and i'm like well there's culture in this there's um it's is a spirit of um of obedience and disciplineship that requires you to actually you know harness your talent and grow it so for me you know the natural gift of funny was there and on then on top of that you know the history of storytelling i studied it in school and i really pride myself on knowing that i you know i've chosen certain parts one god orders my steps so for me he'll tell me something but because i'm intellectual about my material my property i really work very hard at making sure that each one one of the voices that come from within me is actually done with the same amount of respect as I would like to give for myself as Chandrella Avery. So it's all those Marriott's together. Some people might say, hey, listen, I was I started studying. I studied Chris Rock or I studied Richard Pryor. And that's great, Eddie Murphy. And those are wonderful people to follow and admire. But I think oftentimes if you sit back and sit in your own, rest in your own gifts, you'll find whatever God put in you. Well, I am glad glad to hear that because I am told that I have a very strange sense of humor, but that I'm funny and I don't even know it. That's funny, but I want to ask you about. Amen to that. <laughs> I want to ask you about the show that you had on HBO, Ain't I Enough? So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, while in school, um, two executive producers, Yvette Lee Bowser and Unetta T. Boone, they actually wrote, uh, they wanted to really test me, I believe. They wanted to see if after coming out of school, you know, or enter as I was going into graduate school, you know, was I sophisticated enough to actually do a one woman show? I come from a large family. I'm the eldest of 10 natural children. And my parents have fostered more than 200 plus children over 35, 36 years. And so I was telling them my life, it's a busy household, mama's busy. And how can you make that into something that really tells the story of your fullness of your life? How do I have all these voices? Why am I empathetic and compassionate? It. Why do I want to have teamwork? Why do I come together and do that so well? And I just told them, look, I mean, I'm from a big family. I'm from South Central, you know, and you have to harness that environment and say it's a community. You know, it says it takes a village to raise a child. Well, it does. And in some instances, the village is the whole family themselves. So <laughs> they wrote Ain't I Enough because I am the eldest and I tell the story of what it's like being in a family of 200 children. And I take you through all the various um, characters I've done. I did 10 characters, um, voices from my parents, my grandparents, my, my siblings, brothers and sisters, and then myself. 
and finding my own voice in a large family and us really still. So just two days ago on Sunday, the youngest child, my youngest brother, Adonis, he graduated from college and he's number 10. And so we all have done very well. You can come from the inner city from what would be a disenfranchised community. And if your parents make smart choices, they will make sure that their children are in proper places. And listen, you can go all the way back to when, you know, black people were redlined in the community um, in South Central and disenfranchised communities. But my father was an engineer. My mother was in um, education and she decided they both came together and they made the best choices. And so our lives to see my brother graduate and we're called the bookend siblings. It's just a gift. It's it's something that only God can touch your family and you have to give props where it's due. So I love the play. I did it. It ran on HBO and in their workspace as well. And that really promoted my career to going to different heights. So I tell our storytellers, do a one woman show or a one man show. Really get on stage because let me tell you something, there's no more intimate space of when you know how gifted you are when you stand on that stage and you're all by yourself and you have to tell that story and have a good memory and an absorption level to actually put forth that challenge yourself artists have to push themselves i tell them all the time just don't be lazy and willy-nilly and around do your homework lean in take the hard opportunities right the quiet still voices of some stories are oftentimes better than the ones that talk a lot so learn the craft and being a one-woman show and a thesmian that has really afforded me a great wealth of opportunity in this business overall that's great. I could talk to you for hours, but unfortunately, we don't have that much time right now. We're going to have to go to break, but I hope you can stick around and advise our entrepreneurs and interact with them as they give their stories. Passage to Profit, The Inventor Show with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart, our special guest, Chandrella Avery, and we will be right back. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearhart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearhart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit GearHeartLaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. With our special guest, Chandrala Avery, now it's time for our Fireside spot. So Elizabeth, what's been going on with Fireside? So for those of you who don't know, I started this project about a year ago called Fireside Directory, and it's a video directory of small businesses. I spent a year doing interviews during COVID over Zoom, got over 100 videos now, and I need to redo my website. So I am just thrilled to be able to announce that I have hired a chief operating officer who is also my chief tech officer who knows a ton about tech and is really going to help me get the website where I need it to be. Look at my YouTube channel if you want to see that right now because I'm working on my website. So now we're on to our guest this evening, Craig DeVizio, C-R-A-I-G, 
D-I-V-I-Z-Z-I-O.com is his website. He's also written a book, I Got the Job. Thank you very much, Richard and Elizabeth. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm a corporate trainer. I um, go into large corporations in corporate America and teach workshops and seminars, primarily around leadership and communication. Uh, I started my career teaching college. I taught for 13 years. Then I decided I wanted to get out of that sector and get into business. And so I hired on as a paid trainer for two training companies. So I had to learn their materials. Then they sent me across the U.S. into large corporations to deliver their material. I just happened to be in Chicago, Richard, and was comfortable enough with the HR person to ask them a question. I said, you know, I know how much I'm making teaching this workshop. And at that point, it was $400 a day. How much is the company I'm representing charging you for me to be here today? And Elizabeth, when they said $3,500, I immediately said, I'm in the wrong business. Uh, and that was the, that, that was the, it's like, what's wrong with this picture, right? Uh, I, I decided at that point, I really needed to think about starting my own business. Uh, it just seemed to happen at that point that other corporations that I was in teaching were asking me, Craig, have you ever thought about starting your own business? We love your training style. Are there other courses you can teach beyond what you're doing now? Are you open to developing your own material? And so all of that happened in a very short period of time. I started my own business. I developed 10 different workshops that I teach, and I've been teaching for myself now for 32 years. The last couple of years have been really difficult as in-class training has all but evaporated. And so we had to completely change our business model. And now we're moving into the virtual and online space. I just recently converted my two most popular courses, my leadership course for feedback and my interviewing skills course to online courses. And Elizabeth, as you mentioned, I just wrote my first book on interviewing. So now we're able to get that material to the I don't even know what the number is right now. The millions of people who are out of work because of the pandemic. Now we're able to provide that with them. So right now we are totally in the virtual space, uh, not going into face-to-face -face, um, classes at all anymore. What's the name of your book? The title of the book is, <laughs> interesting enough, I didn't even come up with the title of the book. My students came up with it. I'd, I'd teach students in the classroom. They would go out, be successful in the interview, and almost to a person, they would write me an email back and say the exact same thing. They'd say, hey, Craig, thanks for the help. I got the job. And so it was a perfect title for the books. So the title is I Got the Job, because that's what everybody says after they are successful in an interview. I think you mentioned leadership, too. The, in terms of the interviewing skills course, it's not as much career search because that changes almost you know, monthly, depending on the situation of the economy. So the book is really on, okay, now you've got an interview, whether it is a, and this part has changed dramatically uh, because interviews used to be face-to-face. -face. Now people are doing virtual interviews and a lot of people, you probably have them on the show, you've got, even in your directions, have to advise them what to do with your background, what to do with your camera, what to do with, with your lighting. So many people don't know how to do an interview virtually. So it is all about the interview, taking people from who don't know anything who may be interviewing for their very first job 
all the way up to, I'd say, the vice presidential level uh, and all the people in between, how to do an interview, all the things that, because when you get into the C-suites, the COOs and C interviewing changes dramatically. So I decided, let me go ahead and pick the biggest sector of people and help them get a job because I've personally conducted over the last 40 years, thousands of interviews. And people really struggle with this process. And right now, again, there's so many people who need to know how to do it because competition now is greater than ever before. I, I tell people all the time, I said, you know, doing a good interview prior to the pandemic may have been good enough for you to secure the job of your choice. I don't think it is now. You've got to raise your, your game some because the competition is just so stiff. But I do want to, I want to piggyback on, on Chandrell, a couple of things that you said. I'm amazed at the number of people who are in careers now. And I almost want to ask them a question. How did you get where you are now? Because you are certainly not using your gift and your talent. I personally believe, as you said, that everybody's got a God-given gift. And I think from a very early age uh, in high schools and colleges, we should be helping people find what is your gift and your talent? Because if you can find a way to make a career in that, you are going to do better than most people easily. You're not going to struggle with this. You're just using your gift and your talent. And it was easy to see, Chandrella, as you were talking, the energy and enthusiasm with which you were telling your story. Everybody may not be as eloquent in saying it, but when you talk to an entrepreneur about why they're doing what they're doing, if their energy and the enthusiasm and the light bulb in their eyes is not going off, they need to consider doing something else because again, as you mentioned, it, it's a struggle. You know, everything isn't easy in this process, but it will be easier if you found the right job to get into using your gift and talent. And so I talk a lot about that also in the book, you know, find this. And then now that you found it, how do you go about either starting your own business or interviewing for a job of your choice? That's one of the questions that I'm always asked. How do I continue to audition, if you will? time after time after time again. And I say, you know, it's really not an audition. It's an opportunity for me to invite you into the conversation that I have figured out at home and I come and I play for 10. And so for you, how, what is maybe one or two things that you offer, not giving away the whole book, because I'm definitely going to support it and purchase it because I think it's important. I got the job and we always say booked it, you know, in our industry, it's like they'll put up a post booked it, you know, what are the things that you might say? Uh, one key factor besides the enthusiasm and the energy, which is what you definitely said. I always tell people eye contact, but I also say have an absorption of the knowledge of who you are and what you're saying. And when you go, you know, then be prepared for another question that may come, but you won't be stumped if you have the fullness and understanding of the job. Is there one thing that you offer to people that may be beneficial for you? Yeah, the, the, the thing that, that stands out uh, around your question is that there, uh, people misinterpret what interviews are really all about. You can go online and find a million answers to how do I handle this question or how do I handle that question? Interviewing is not about having great answers. You can have great answers and still not get hired. So if that is the case, 
what's the problem? Interviews are really about making a personal connection with the interviewers. This is your audition. I'm wanting to bring you into my family for an extended period of time. You're not just here for a day or two. Once we hire you, if we don't like you or you don't work out, it's going to be hard for us to move past that. So this is about not only making a connection with people, but also in the process of that, selling yourself. And so many people really struggle with walking that very fine line between promoting yourself in a way that shows what you not only offer the company, but how it's good for you. But they also struggle with the fact with how do I do that and not appear arrogant, self-centered and conceited. And let's go right back to what you talked about. I talk about how to do that with telling stories. You've got to have assembled a number of stories that all I'm doing now is telling a story, but in the story, it tells you how good I am. So I never even have to say in an interview, I'm good. The story says it. That is profound. I love that. I think that's such good advice. And uh, what a great way to deliver information about yourself. Because when you're telling a story, you're part of it. But there's also this more objective talking about the context. And you're talking about the things that you did and what your other team members maybe did and how you all contributed and worked together to achieve a goal, I think that is the perfect way to interview. Is that really your focus now is really trying to help people find work? When all the business dropped away because of the pandemic and other things, we were at a turning point and I had absolutely no idea how to convert the business to online. I thrive off of uh, being in a classroom and getting that immediate feedback and looking in people's eyes and reading their body language and, and all of that. And so now I'm looking at a one inch camera lens. How am I going to replicate the magic, you know, sitting in, an, in, a, uh, in a studio trying to help people? So I started out doing videos on YouTube. I said, I'm not ready to create an online course to make public to help people. I started doing videos. And once I got good enough with the videos that as I watched them, I said, okay, now you can record an online course, now start. So I've got over a hundred videos on YouTube. A lot of them are around leadership, a lot are around interviewing. And then I recorded the feedback course and then the uh, interviewing course. And so primarily right now, Richard, a really good question. I'm focusing on converting more of my courses to online courses, not doing a lot of personal coaching, though I'm open to that. Uh, as you maybe purchase an online course, there are options. And one of the options, or they call them add-ons, would be to have a 30-minute session with me, an hour session with me, that type of thing. So there's a lot of options within that process. And, you know, even the book is, is listed in three different formats. You get a paperback, an, an ebook, or an audio book. I'm trying to get the material to the people that need it in a format that is their best learning style. So we're going to have to wrap up. I'm sorry, you know, we're short on time, but I want to just really very quickly, one last thing, who is your target client? So who, who do you help the most? Like, I know you help everybody across the spectrum, but who do you focus on? Uh, right now for the interviewing course, it is individuals primarily who are out of work and or wanting to move up in their company. And for the leadership course, it is, I'm really targeting corporations, not okay. individuals, but corporations who can buy 500 viewings of the course. 
Okay, and people can find you at Craig Divizio, which is C R A I G D I V I Z Z I O dot com, right? <laughs> so that is correct. That is correct. And as far as I'm concerned, Craig, you got the job. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was that I love we heard our son say that after college. <laughs> I, I love it. I'm gonna go tell all my friends. <laughs> well, Thank we'll you. be right back. Thank you so much. Passage to profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gerhart will be right back after this message. Hi, I'm Lisa Askley, the inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world, QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And our special guest this evening, Chandrella Avery. And if you missed Chandrella, you don't want to do that. So go listen to the podcast tomorrow. <laughs> and Craig, too, if you're looking for leadership or business career advice, he's great connection. Right. So. so it's the Passage to Profit podcast, and it's definitely worth listening to. Now we are on to our next presenter, Amy Lacey. And Amy has done almost the impossible <laughs> with food. So I'll let her explain. Welcome, Amy. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting because storytelling definitely is part of my journey. Where my story started was I'm one of 50 million that have autoimmune. So I was taking my mess and making a message out of it. And I knew I needed to use food as medicine. So I needed to change the way I was eating. And I Grew up on comfort food, and I want to say God bless your parents because I'm part of that foster system, which has made me scrappy, I think, and helped me along my journey. But I really was just looking for a way to eat pizza again because it's one of my favorite foods, and I'm a mom of three kids. And so I went online, and I found this recipe using cauliflower. And mind you, in the store, all there was was a head of cauliflower at the time. So when I saw the recipe, I was like, eh, not sure. It's not a vegetable I ate because it wasn't green. I thought all vegetables had to be green. Um, it's kind of smelly when you cook with it, but I thought I'd give it a shot. It was a disaster. It fell apart. It was a mess. I tried it again and again because it was the recipe was grain-free and gluten-free and I had to be gluten-free, but a lot of products out there were not healthy. And I was having a lot of inflammation, which was causing terrible side effects to uh, my condition that I had. So long story short, I made this, finally perfected the recipe. Friends loved it, tried it on family. Even my pickiest eaters ate it because cauliflower is so bland. Mm -hmm. So if you don't like the vegetable, you can hide it. Um, I wrote a cookbook and it's a national bestseller. And I even have a dessert pizza in there where you will not know that it has cauliflower in it. But I took it to farmer's market. It started um, 
getting a lot of buzz in our local town and I was encouraged to take it online. So my business actually really grew online and it was through storytelling. I started telling the stories of people that I met at farmer's market, including my own story, but I had some cancer patients that were put on a grain-free diet, really a keto diet, to be honest with you, and our product fit that. And so through storytelling and telling other people's stories, my business exploded online. And one particular story went viral. And in 2017, we started selling a pizza crust every three seconds online. And we were the number one brand for all pizza crusts, not just cauliflower on Amazon. So (laughs) we really blew up and I had to become the CEO, CFO, CMO, and learn real quickly how to run a food company. But I started and I was one of two of the first ones out on the market. So yeah, that's how my story really, it was just me taking my mess and making a message out of it. And with God's help, he really guided me on the stories and they blew up. And here I am today. We're nationwide in grocery and we're still doing a very good business online. And I have to say, I did go to a similar course that you teach early on. And I learned techniques on how to use email and how to have the IP of my email and own that versus just using social media and how to really tell stories, other people's stories. So often I talk about the five P's of my business and one of them is having a really authentic product. So we're only three ingredients, our base, which is fresh cauliflower. We use the whole head because we don't want to waste it. And then a little bit of cheese and some eggs and we have a dairy free option as well. But being very authentic, having a lot of passion, paying it forward. We're a philanthropy all the way, making sure that you have the right people around you. So people that have done this before and and I've done it bigger and better than myself. So really learning from my mentors and then perseverance because there's a lot of highs in being an entrepreneur and a lot of lows and you gotta be able to persevere through. So yeah, it's an honor to be here. And I hope even if you don't like cauliflower, you'll give it a try because I (laughs) promise you, you can hide the taste of the vegetable and it's amazing. I wanted to ask you about that because I thought I saw on your website that you've moved beyond pizza to other comfort foods. We are. So I did grow up on comfort food and a lot of rice, cereal, biscuits, and gravy and things that were really inexpensive to make. (laughs) And so I wanted to recreate that. So we have lasagnas. Mexican food is another favorite of mine. So we have enchiladas. The cookbook that I wrote, you can make sushi. It happens to be one of my favorite foods now. And so, yeah, in the nationwide grocery stores, we're selling our entrees, we're selling our flatbreads, tortillas, pizzas, pizza crusts, and online. After all of this, is pizza still your favorite food? It is. It's my favorite. It's my lifetime favorite food, and it's definitely my favorite food of my children. Uh which were my taste testers for many years. They were testing all my products. I have one kid that does not eat vegetables and I was able to sneak it in there and he (laughs) ate it, didn't know it and loved it. You're inspiring me, Amy, because, you know, whenever the waiter comes up and says, well, we have cauliflower soup, I'm usually like, nope, sorry, I'll (laughs) I'll try the gazpacho. But, you know, now I'm motivated to go out and give cauliflower another try. Well, it's a bland vegetable. So it takes on whatever flavors you put with it. So if it's done right, you can hide it. And look, 
when I started playing with it, it was like the Lone Ranger on a veggie tray at a party, right? It was the last <laughs> thing that was ever eaten. Yeah, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Nobody was talking about cauliflower. Now it's like this huge buzz. You don't go into a grocery store without seeing, uh, you know, in the frozen section, which by the way, we've, I feel like we've reinvented to be healthier. So Chandrola, do you have a question or comment? I love cauliflower. Like I love it. And I love pizza. Are you kidding me? Yes. I eat cauliflower all the time because I have food plans that actually send me whenever I'm on set. I have to eat healthy, right? So I constantly, and in every food plan I've ever ordered, they always have cauliflower. But fortunately for me, I grew up on cauliflower. I actually love it. And pizza is one of my favorite foods. And so is Mexican food. So please, where's your book? Where is it? What is it? So I can go and get it today. So it's Cauliflower Kitchen. So it's so it's like cauliflower because then we created it in california and that's where all of the cauliflower fields are that we use we work with farmers and that's where our manufacturing plant is which i now own which is amazing uh being a woman entrepreneur and owning your own uh plant wow so cauliflower kitchen and spelled just like um california c-a-l-i-f-l-o-u-r foods Dot com is our website and cauliflower kitchen is the cookbook and by the way when you were talking about entrepreneurs and you were saying that we get no a lot yes no for me is next opportunity so it's just about finding out what that person needs and tweaking okay. it for the next opportunity and not taking it personal so i love that advice that you gave that's great so unfortunately we're running out of time amy but it's really uh fascinating to hear your story and learn about cauliflower it's uh so healthy for you i'm a keto eater myself and so i'm always looking for new vegetables because like there's just a limited number of vegetables out there and i'd like to integrate cauliflower into my diet especially if i can do it with pizza so (laughs) and the other Here at Passage to Profit, we have to take a commercial break right back after this message. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W dot com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And our special guest this evening, Chandrella Avery. And by the way, her name is spelled S-H-O-N-D-R-E-L-L-A, just like it sounds, Avery, A-V-E-R-Y. And you can find her on Instagram and Facebook. So just type in Chandrella Avery. She's an actress. She's a producer. She's giving back to the community in many ways. You'll find her. So uh, it's just been a pleasure. And listen to the podcast if you just tuned in because we've been having so much fun, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so now we're on to our third presenter, Trevor Sumner. And 
I just have to say, Trevor is the future of in-store shopping and advertising. I don't even know how to describe this, so I'm going to let him tell you. Welcome, Trevor. Thank you so much for having me. I, you know, I'm really inspired by everybody uh, on the show. And Amy, you know, I think your product's great. You know, I believe in using cauliflower for carbless mashed potatoes. And I think probably one of your big challenges is how do you tell your product story you know, in store where 85% of transactions occur because you're on the shelf with every other product. And that's what we do at Perch. You know, we know the shopper's behavior has changed. We go online, 87% of people begin their searches online because that's where the product content is. That's where Amy's story is and Chantrella's story and Craig's story. And you know, we want videos, we want ratings and reviews. And ironically, where 85% of transactions occur in store is the desert of digital. There's none, it's just a bunch of products on the shelf. And we're trying to change that at Perch. And so what we do is, we provide interactive touchscreens in retail. And what's cool about them is like Minority Report, there's a camera looking over uh, and the moment that you touch a product, it just wakes up and starts telling you about the product, whether that's uh, cauliflower foods or a Johnson & Johnson product. We work with Purina telling me about whole foods for pets. We work in the beauty industry explaining skincare. And the, the idea here is to really help people marry the best of both physical and digital shopping because you know, people go in store and 20, 27% of them actually say, oh, I like this product. I'm going to go online and research it. And then they buy it somewhere else, right? Because we're so needy of the information. So, you know, we work with some of the biggest uh, clients out there, Johnson & Johnson, Purina, Nestle, Macy's. And our goal is to really change the way we shop in store. And it's a pretty exciting time because of everything that's going on in retail. And as we go back into stores uh, post-pandemic, we're just seeing a lot of activity. And I think one of the other cool things is if you think about it, you know, there's complete blindness to what happens in store uh, where 85% of these transactions occur. You can't tell me how many people pick up your product, look at it. You can't tell me who they are. You can't tell me what demographics they are. You barely probably get any sales data on a store basis from retailers. And the reality is you need that information just like you would need it online to run a website. Just retailers don't provide it. So we're really empowering brands to have control of their brand and bring in the content that helps connect them to shoppers and helps shoppers really you know, understand the products that they're buying and feel more confident and, and buy the right products for them. So I take my cell phone when I go shopping now, and if I see something new, I'll look it up on Amazon or something, and then look at the ratings and what have you, and then make a decision to buy it. And for a long time, I think Walmart and some other large retailers actually had internet service blocked into the stores because they didn't want people doing that kind of comparison. But now that seems to have changed and people have access to the information that way. But the challenge is that the market provider really doesn't get any information about the product that way. And they really can't control it the same way that you can, right? Yeah. And it's also hard, right? You got to pull out your mobile phone, then you got to search for the product and maybe it's the right product. Maybe it's not the right product. And for Walmart, if you're pulling out Amazon, that's a real problem, right? You want them to get the Walmart information, maybe show a QR code, make it really easy to use the mobile phone and go to the Walmart site and then they cookie you. And then when you leave the store, they know that you were interested in that product and they can retarget you and basically build that information. So it's really about getting control back of, you know, if you're a brand of your brand message of utilizing all the content that you have of a retailer to be able to engage the shopper in store to help convert them to mobile and online. So when they leave the store, you have a deeper relationship. And then of course, for the shopper, just to have 
you know, the information that they need to make confident decisions about what to shop for. Well, I very rarely shop. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I shop <laughs> continuously. Um, Don't believe that. <laughs> but I think this is brilliant because first of all, go to his website, perchinteractive.com. He's got this beautiful display that pops up. But the reason I'm so into this is because I'll shop online and I'll say, nah, I'm not going to buy that because I want to see it in person. And then I might go see it in person and I'm like, what are the reviews on this? I can't see the reviews now, but you let people see the reviews in the store. So it's like almost like watching a YouTube video on how to use it. If it's some sort of product when you're actually there with it, which you don't really get that experience anywhere else, unless you have a person helping you, which you may not even want because sometimes I just want to do it in private, right? Absolutely. And more than half of shoppers think that they know more than the sales associates, especially in, in mass retail, because they have access to that content. And it's really just providing that content at the point of consideration. On average, we're showing 87% sales lift for products that use this technology. And I, I, Amy, you know, how much would you pay to get 87% sales lift? Well, I like your idea because I think it can help revitalize brick and mortar mm -hmm. retailing. And so everything is sort of trending online, but I think there's still a value in having some place to go, make it a social occasion with your friends or your family. And this kind of combines the internet shopping with the experience of being in the store and gives people a chance to look at the products and pick them up, but also get the information that they would get when they're shopping online. So I think it's a great thing because I do think we would lose something if everything was always bought online. There's some things you really can't. So I have very sensitive skin. So I typically don't buy products for my skin online. I have to go into the store, but it would be nice to see the reviews and it would be nice to see comments by other people. Like I used this for three days and then my face broke out. So I, the combination is really, I think, very powerful. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I like to say that, you know, over the past year, we've been able to basically buy everything online and have it delivered. And I think, you know, we can all say that it was a, it was a pretty soulless year, right? I mean, you know, shopping is really a social experience and we're trying to bring together kind of the best of both worlds. And people say, yes, e-commerce is growing faster on a percentage basis, but interesting, you know, fun fact, physical stores are growing more on a dollar basis because it's just so much more. So, you know, people have this retail apocalypse narrative and you know, the reality is physical retail grows one and a half to 2% every year on a $4 trillion market. And so it's kind of like saying, oh, I'm losing weight, but I gain two pounds every year. It's like, really? <laughs> no, that doesn't really make sense. I don't understand how you can say those things. So I think the stores are the next great digital frontier. You're going to see a multi-billion dollar shift as people realize that delivering that digital in store is actually more effective than mm -hmm. Facebook and Instagram, that it's really that being able to deliver your message at that point of consideration with the product in your hand and 20 feet from the point of sale is just extraordinarily powerful. It's a really exciting time for us. So Chandrella, I had a quick question for you, Trevor, because to your point, you know, I realized in the last few years that gas stations now, when you're getting your gas, they have like the little bitty um, camera there, right? And there are a little TV and they're giving you advertisements on different product at that moment. And you feel emboldened while you're pumping your gas. You're like, oh, I didn't know that. And then now you pick <laughs> up your phone and then I got to catch that. And I am a connoisseur of gathering stuff. And I'm like, I'm on Amazon to your point last year. I mean, I never thought I could fall in love with a place. It was like, oh, we'll just go check Amazon. Between Google and Amazon, I should have some stock. Like, really, then I could really do something. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> but I'm saying, but my question for you, Trevor, is that now that the Amazon store like Whole Foods was purchased where I live at, right? And now it's all Amazon. Do you feel that that, because it feels like that particular store is very innovative and it feels like a marketplace to have what you're talking about. You know, the universal stores like Walgreens or I don't know where you guys all at, but Walgreens, all the medications may or may not. But do you see this trending in that way to kind of partner with people like an Amazon? That when you go in there, you feel like you're on the movie set. Everything is so microbiotic and it's very different. So I just was yep. wondering, cause I like it and it's different, but I'm, I'm curious to know that since we're moving from the gas station now to where you're going in the store talking to me, buy this bottle of wine or this cell phone, just asking yeah. that. Yeah, so our captive audiences are great, like the gas station. We work with Invisalign to help bring their message to dentist offices and you can actually take a before and after picture of your smile, what they call smile view. Uh, we work with virtual try-on and cosmetics where you can actually like literally through kind of a magic mirror screen just puts lipstick on your face. But you know, to your question about where this is going is you mentioned Walgreens, you know, Walgreens is installing 5G, the next generation of internet service across 9,000 stores, specifically for interactive displays like Perch. And Amazon has done some interesting things where, you know, with their Amazon Go store, which they've just rebranded yeah. to Amazon Fresh, where you can just yeah. pick up the product and go. But very interestingly, you know, since they've picked up Whole Foods, their physical retail uh, sales have gone down, not up. And there are rumors flying that they're going to extend what they're doing in physical retail and open up many more stores, whether it's these Amazon Go kind of convenience stores, or more recently, they're looking to do pharmacies. You can see that Amazon understands that the future of retail for them and retail growth is in physical stores. And we think that that's really encouraging. And we're going to start seeing the melding of these technologies now if retailers will not work with Amazon because they are competitive. And so they really have to build their own technologies, their own ways of connecting with customers, of providing innovative programs for brands. And that's where kind of Perch sits at the nexus of the, the retailer, the brand and the shopper. Good for you. So brilliant. Love it. Trevor, it's uh, really been great talking with you and thank you so much for sharing all your brilliant ideas and what a great company and it's been such a pleasure to have you here. So you are listening to Passage to Profit, the Inventor Show on WOR 710, the voice of New York with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart, our special guest, Chandrella Avery. And this has just been a fabulous show. Thank you guys for coming. And after we come back, I'll have a large chip in my head. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to profit. And really cool stuff. Like yeah. we always talk about being about the future. This feels like futuristic. I know. I feel like I'm already in the future right this moment. 
<laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll go with that. Anyway, you want to know who made us feel this way? Right. So sure. We had our guest, Chandrella Avery. That's S H O N D R E L L A Avery, A V E R Y. And she's an actress, a producer, a comedian. She's also giving back to the community. Wonderful person. Napoleon Dynamite and The Secret Life of Bees. Yes. Go see and them again. You can find her at Chandrella Avery on Facebook and Instagram and just at Chandrella on Twitter. So look her up. Um, you'll be amazed and impressed. Uh, and just like we are. Yeah, so. we could get someone of this power. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then I talked a little bit about Fireside Directory. So look at my YouTube channel if you want to see that right now because I'm working on my website. Then we had Craig Divizio, and he is C-R-A-I-G-D-I-V-I-Z-Z-I-O.com is his website. He's also written a book, I Got the Job. So he helps you get the job of your dreams. Right? He absolutely does. And even if you don't get a job, you can buy a book that says, I Got the Job, and tell everybody that you have the job. <laughs> okay. And then we had Amy Lacey, who makes a lot of your favorite foods using cauliflower, so they're healthier and lower calories too. C-A-L-I flower, F-L-O-U-R foods.com. So califlowerfoods.com. She also has a book, Cauliflower Kitchen, which I want to buy, especially for my daughter, but I'm so lazy. I will just buy her frozen foods. <laughs> <laughs> and then Trevor Sumner with Perch Interactive. So it's T-R-E-V-O-R-S-U-M-N-E-R.com is his personal website. And then it's Perch, like a bird perching, P-E-R-C-H, Interactive. It is the future of retail and internet shopping, digital marketing, all wrapped up into one. And you'll be seeing it in the stores. And when you see it, you'll know what it is, but it's very cool. So we want to hear more from Chandrella. I think we, we should ask her what she thought about all of this. Well, I'm, you know what? I feel humbled and I'm very thankful. This was a very, very wonderful time. Even though it's in the morning for me, it's in the evening for all of your listeners. I'm so humbled and appreciative of all the knowledge that I learned today. Like all of this is great storytelling. And I think universally, we all felt the same way you both picked great people to kind of come on and tell the versions of their stories and actually just the spirit of love and that's the one thing about storytelling is really just doing the best that you can to pour out love and in our country today we need it what a diverse group of people wonderful women we've got half women half men which is great three and three right the space of love and giving back and honoring yourself and your voice and your gift that God has given you. So I wanna thank you all. There's a film that I'm promoting called Free Bird that I produced. And it's such a great film. It's on amazon.com right now. It's like 3.99 support filmmakers, independent filmmakers. I've made about 14 films and this one Free Bird, I think everyone will appreciate it. Like they do Napoleon Dynamite, it's for all people and you can see yourselves interwoven in the story so i thank you so very much i'm humbled and i hope that all of your followers and listeners come and support us all because we are entrepreneurs on the go and this is the next level for us we couldn't do this without our team at iheart producer noah fleischman our program coordinator alicia morrissey our video editor, Angela Wolf, and the whole iHeart team. So you are listening to Passage to Profit on WOR 710, the voice of New York. <laughs>